0: I'll drink to that, where we get behind the scenes of the beverage business. I'm Levy Dalton.
1: I'm Erin Scala.
0: And here's our show today.
1: So this past week, I went to a Cabernet tasting, and it gave me the blues. And I think when you get the blues, there's only one way to talk about it. You gotta sing about it. It always happens at Big Tastings. It's even worse at On Premiere. It happens to me, it happens to you. It doesn't take a sleuth to see that I've got a case of the Purple Tooth. Purple Tooth, Purple Tooth, Purple Tooth. Purple tooth, purple tooth, purple tooth, purple tooth, purple tooth. My dentist thinks that I drink pen ink. When I get those crimson grins, those precious chompers, they marinate in anthocyanins. Purple tooth, a side effect of Cabs and Zins. Purple tooth, 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 go away. Bleach those wallers white with fine champagne. Do what you want to keep the purple tooth that bay if black Lachryma makes you pearly gray. Purple tooth, 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 purple tooth. That langid tasting seems so tempting. But don't just stick to the RNAs Cause the next time it visits that shady purple tooth Just rinse your mouth out with dry vermouth Use Shannon Blanc to get that shine of youth Some pheno could hit that smile a home run just like baby Ruth purple tooth, <laughs> purple tooth, 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 purple tooth. Try vermouth, purple, tooth,
0: purple tooth, purple tooth, purple tooth, purple tooth, purple tooth.: I've been lucky enough to try some amazing wines while traveling over the years. Unfortunately, I've found that some of those same wines are really hard to find here in the United States. Whenever I run into trouble finding a favorite bottle, I go to IdealWine.com and they have what I'm looking for. Whether it is a hard-to-source bottle of Burgundy or a micro-production natural wine like I Need the Sun by Domaine de Miroir, I know there's a chance that Ideal Wine might have it available. And Ideal Wine's entire Paris inventory is available to American customers with just a click. The process is seamless, the site is easy to use, and orders are shipped directly to you. Head over to idealwine.com, that's I D E A L W I N E.com, to see for yourself what you could be drinking. Louis-Antoine Lut. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, baby? Nice to have you on the show. Thank you very much to invite me. So you traveled to Chile in your 20s?
2: Yes, I was 22 when I first arrived in Chile in 1998. I was not my way looking for myself, and I decided to cross America, start in Chile, and I've never left Chile, so <laughs> I still have many places to uh, discover.
0: But you're originally from France.
2: Yes, I am born in Brittany, Saint-Malo, which is a port in the Channel. And uh, I grew up between Paris and Burgundy, mostly in Burgundy.
0: So what was the attraction to Chile?
2: Well, it was discovering a a new continent for me. I never traveled to South America and I wanted to know it. And I said where to start, many places. And at the beginning from the South, it was Chile and Patagonia. So my idea was to go there and then going, driving, walking up to the North and to North America. And uh, mostly I was dreaming about those names like Patagonia, Valparaíso, and all the um, books with the cruising of the Cabo de Hornos and things like that. So it was like adventure. So I decided to go there and start to look for myself in Chile. And finally, I'm still there. So
0: Kind of like a South American cowboy yeah, kind of thing. Looking yeah, for that. Exactly. And why wine? Where did the wine thing happen?
2: The, the wine thing starts in my family. In uh, Both of my uh, father's and mother's family are, were living half, uh, in the countryside, in Toulouse for my mother's grandmother. She was born in um, Saumur. Half of her family were from there. And um, my father's family is from Burgundy and Well, wines and food were our traditions every day, every Sunday. And uh, we have this accessibility of good providers and it's a luckiness, no? I grew up with that. And finally, I was studying in a business school, a university in France, in Paris. And I had a training period in an English language country. I went to Australia and they gave me the idea to go far away, overseas. And, uh, also all the time looking for wines to discover. It's a good thing to, it's a good way to discover the places and uh, peoples and uh, countries and traditions. So. Uh, this relationship between food and wines and uh, make that when I was in Chile, I start to work uh, with a French wine importer in the 90s and they asked me to dispatch to, deliveries, uh, to do the de- delivery and um, when I deliver a restaurant and the guy needs uh, someone and he contract me and I start to wash the dishes, uh, set up the bath, set up the tables, like all the jobs, also the administration, and finally starting the kitchen. And he asked me once to help him to do the wine list, and uh, we start tasting something like 800 different Chilean wines, and I was made in 98. That it was all the same, something. Some of our were very, very nice, and some of them are, were exactly the same with many wood. It was a beginning of this... Uh, the wood period, yes. The wood age, <laughs> the wood. Exactly, it was in ninety eight, yes. And uh, that that's how I, I my first step in the wine things were by the kitchen in a restaurant. Sure, in the in the and then curiosity, questions, people you met who ask you some questions from France, from England, France, and Spanish, and things like that. Asking about Chile, about Chilean wines, Chilean traditions. And I was like only able to talk about what I knew about Chile, which was the industrial wines, the wines you can find in supermarkets, or the wine cellars at this time were very few in Santiago, they were like mostly three at this time. And um, all the wines that the companies were able to bring us to try to sell at the restaurant because it was a French, very high-quality food restaurant, the chef was French and uh so it was like one of the best restaurants at this moment. So everybody wants to be getting, every, every wine producer. And finally, I studied with a very, very great person's name, Hector Vergara, which is a master sommelier, the first from South America, and first from Chile. He used to live in England, in London. He drank the dictature of Pinochet, and uh, he left Chile to London. And he was the one who teach me how to Taste, and he was one of the best sommeliers in uh, Canada in '92. A very, very uh, accessible and sensitive person. It gave me the first step to taste. What did he tell you? Yes. What did he say when
0: I came to tasting?
2: First of all, shut up. And the 15 first second are the most important. Just wrote in a paper what you feel and what your memory told you, and then. You leave, the, you leave the glass and you pass to another wine and then you come back to the wine and you read your first impression and then you most of all it was if I gave you the way I want you to go in, you're going to get in. If you look forward your experience and to, to build your own experience, you will have the best uh, inspirations. And that was all. So you just listen. It was the first time that someone was not like teaching the way to smell the things that he was able to discover in the wines, which if you are not used, it's very difficult if you have not the nose is used if you, if you have not training, it's very complicated to find differences between. From Buesa, uh, strawberry and raspberry and things, ah, you say red fruit. <laughs> so it was, it was the best taste. It was the best uh, advice I received, I think. And we became very close. And uh, then I traveled to France with many questions, and I went to. Visit some wine producers and things like that in France, asking them why their wines were so different between two producers in the same place, like in Merceau or Seduce in Burgundy, when, uh, because it was some friends of my family. So, and they told me because of the terroir. I had this. You went back to France and you started. Yeah, just to visiting every, every year I was going back to
0: France. And you had some family friends?
2: Yes. Yes, uh, my first teacher in wines was my father, my grandfather, and also my father was a customer of producer in Champagne, Chartonier Taillet, and also a friend of Michel Couvreur, the whiskey producer in Burgundy, and it uh, was going very... Every each month, mostly to visit Couvreur and to listen his story about whisky, wines, like an open encyclopedia. And he was very kind with me. Always he leave me watching on him working in his cellar. So that was the first experience. So my father was a critic gastronomic in the 60s. He was an editor. So he was always close to the food and gastronomy and wines. He was all the time buying wines, and when I was 16, we were drinking his cellar, it's crazy, and now <laughs> we have nothing to drink of this, this time, but it was our education, I think, that we were very lucky to have good cellar in at home. So you
0: did a couple of vintages in Burgundy, a few actually. Yes, I did. I did in
2: 1999, uh, the first I've done in Chile also, but I, saw, I went to France for the summer and I stayed to, in France a month and I helped a guy in Isla, uh, in OCD U.S. And then I've done it in 2000, and 2001 again, a few weeks. But it was, there was just an end I was giving. I was not very sure that I was able or in the mood of making wines at all that it bonds with those experiences but it was not my just a dream it was because i I'm, i was uh, always confronted with some people who were saying that to do wines you have to study a lot you have to learn analog and then some people told me no you need uh, you need humility and you need work and uh, listening and watching and experience So that's why I came back from Chile in 2001, 2002 to go to France and see if I was able, if I would like to be a wine producer. Only it was an idea, a very romantic idea for me. I'd be a wine producer, but it was, I don't have, I don't have any knowledges about that. So um, that's when I came back to France and I decided to first learn how to prune. And I have this experience, amazing experience and this. Wonderful uh, opportunity that gave me Louis Jadot, but mostly Guillaume de Castello, the director of uh, Chateau des Jacques in Beaujolais.
0: The guy who ran the Beaujolais property for Jadot. Exactly. exactly,
2: And uh, he gave me the opportunity to prune with his team. And he believed that I was my volunteer was enough to learn. And uh, after month, he gave me uh, more money for my uh, because he told me that I was very good to <laughs> to print, so I was very proud. Because in Burgundy, the producers I've met and asking them to uh, give me the opportunity to learn this, to pass a year with them and learn some things, they told me no because I will not be rentable for them. So the, all the doors were closed. So I went I went in another place and the contact. Was the the movement was good? So my 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 first experience in Beaujolais, and at this time I did not know anything about what was the natural or not natural wines, which is now I think also (laughs) more complicated at all. To know what does that mean now? 14 years ago it was something easier I think because finally you are traditional uh, industrial and you have the Farmers, small farmers, who were looking for uh, other ways. Now it, it's uh, there is many big companies who are making natural wines, and uh, that makes some limits of the use, the possibility to use this 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 world. Finally,
0: well, you know what they say. You know, it used to just be Christ and the Jews, and then later there's all these churches. That exactly, came around, you know
2: what I mean. <laughs> exactly, it's a kind of good image to describe that, and. Um, but I was in Morgan and I discovered Beaujolais. And it was a very great experience because I was just with some farmers and people were very accessible to their knowledges uh, and open to give them, to share them. That I, I, Opportunities I did not have in Chile because I was not an engineer uh, at this time, engineer in analogies. So people don't want to explain to you what...
0: They wanted a trained guy or nothing yeah. at, in Chile, in the yeah, wine industry. Yeah, yeah. They wanted somebody who had been to school.
2: Yeah, they, so it was closed, you know. And at this time, I did not know anything about what I'm doing now. Finally, I decided to make wines. I, I, the, the opportunity was because uh, I met Lapierre in uh, 2002. Matthew Lapierre. Yes, and I was to study how to, was the wine thing. But I did not know if, if I will produce some wine. But he told me, you have to, you you can, I mean, you can learn. And uh, if you have good grapes, if you're looking uh, forward, you're going to set that up. And the opportunity came and decided me that I want to trip in Chile. I was traveling there and I discovered very, very, very old. Pines of Mission grapes. They told me whites and red.
0: What were you doing? You were walking around, or uh, taking I was a visiting
2: or? a big company, plantations, and uh, for Capel, which are producing the uh, pisco, the one of the brand producing Chilean pisco. Sure, it's like uh, a huge brand of pisco. Very big, right? and they used to have a winery at this time. I see. And uh, I went to visit it, and I asked for all grapes that we we were. Driving through the different landscape and vineyards in El Kivale and things like that. And someone told me, ah, that's all vines of mission grapes. That doesn't serve just for out anything. the
0: window. That's the local
2: junk. Yes. And he asked about that. And so he gave me some explication. I went back to Santiago. I went, he told me that they were in the South Maule. So I went there and I visited the vineyard and I asked the he said, that shit, that doesn't serve for anything. It's for bad wines and things like that. And I asked him if he ever tried to make some good wine with this grape. He said me no. Like, actually, that he was not the guy who was vinificating this thing because he has no time to lose. <laughs> right, 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 right. And two weeks after that, I was flying to France. So it was end of 2001, beginning of 2002. And then I started the studies.
0: I see. So then you were working the harvest and Exactly. With casting, And so... You developed a friendship with Mathieu Lapierre, who's the son of Marcel Lapierre. Yes. And he encouraged you. Mathieu and Marcel, of
2: course, yes. Uh, from the beginning, um, first time I went to uh, Morgon and met Marcel Lapierre, he received me uh, like he received, he used to receive many people. And I was with Mathieu, his son. And Mathieu introduced me to Marcel. And Marcel said, but in, with his hand in his shirt, and was like, what do you... Uh, what what do you want to make wines in Chile? The only thing they have it's uh, irrigations and uh, Cabernet Sauvignon and funking wood so say so, I no, I discovered something, it's all mission grapes. I told me that's very interesting. That's sounds interesting. You should because if, if you haven't that in Chile, I prefer you to come to Morgan and we find you some vines because we need people like you who want to do some things around. So, so he was
0: pretty open to you. Yeah, he was. Yeah, was
2: and, and then the year, and then um, I met him every year during, I, I had the restaurant in Paris during a year and a half in a break in my life in Chile in 2004, and four, five, And so I was going very often to Beaujolais during the weekend and visiting and I became friend of Marcel. I was uh, not making wines at all. And in 2006, I went to Chile for my second harvest. And the first with the company, we set up Clover.
0: Collaboration you set up to make wine in Chile. Yes.
2: And I start 2006, 7, 8, 9, 10 harvest with Marcel Lapierre. And that is at the end of the harvest 2010. And then I have two more harvests with the family. Now I have three kids and my company is going better, so we have many things to do in Chile. I haven't more time to go to Morgon to work, but it was very, very easy to work with Lapierre. You just have to do what he was telling, <laughs> and you will. You just have to do and uh, accept his critics when he has some. And uh, if you have some question, he was all the time say, uh, asking. I don't know how you say in English uh, mettre botter la balle en touche, when you throw the ball outside of the lines he, did, he was never answering the question you asked oh i see, I see. and uh, but he was asking you many things and so it was funny because I sometimes I was I was asking myself if I was learning something finally, but of course it was the observation that he needed. He likes to uh, he likes to leave you the time to make your own idea also. So I've I've been in Beaujolais not to learn only to make carbonic maceration on the grapes, but uh, the idea was going six years or seven years into the same place to see how the wine maker spirit doing the harvest and the different vintage. It's when you play that the moment that you have many question you will never expect were coming. It's never the same thing because of the natural yeast fermentation. Because it's never the same harvest it's it's not the same harvest as the year before. It looks like something. That's why all those producers are some of them wrote, like Lapierre, was, he, he wrote the 35 different harvests he, he's done. Mathieu is writing also his different harvests. The grandfather of Mathieu was doing the same thing. That's the memory of Lapierre's process. And it's finally a long experience uh, who gave the possibility to uh, take some decision at the moment when you play at the end of the harvest, you should have taken the good decision, the right decision to have the good wine. So that's what I was looking for. Then uh, we developed a very sensitive and uh, close relationship with Lapierre. Mm-hmm. He was uh, considering that I was one of his sons. <laughs> I was considering that he's my father in the wine things and uh, like he was for many people, uh, many French people who went there. And, uh, he, he came to Chile in 2008 and, uh, he discovered he sell all the vineyards of the, of the vines and things like that. And he was very impressed because he, he never, he never imagined that he can't imagine that some grapes could have 200, 300 years old. So it was funny. It was a very good, uh, it's a good relationship. And they also opened my eyes on many things. And also they were a model and they were a motto. And uh, they were never, they never stopped to help and to, uh, so it was, I think that the best things I've learned with them uh, is the simplicity and professionalism. That means it's going well for me, I can help you and I do it with pleasure and I do it with a result. That's professionalism. So that's that the way they are and that's uh, the opportunities they give me. So <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do now in Chile, to push some producers uh, who have been for seven generations working the same grapes in the same way, but they are not making wines anymore because nobody, they have no markets and they have no opportunities. I try to share the opportunities I, I get. Because some people gave them to me, share with me their opportunities. So I have to do the same thing. I mean, it's a c- circulation. <laughs> if you make the flu going on, it's, it's easier if, than if you keep it for you.
0: But along the way, there was a devastating earthquake in 2010.
2: Yes. Uh, yes. It has been a, a tough experience, but it, it was, a, it's material. Uh, there were some people died, of course, in my neighborhood and, but, uh, we mostly lose our car, house, cellar, many things, but it was only material. And we were very, very helped by some French producer, by my family. So, so it, it was an experience. It was a very interesting experience. We set up in four years, it took us to set that up because we have it was easy to make the wines in 2010, even with the mostly not a very good cellar, but because there were many energy, energy of the people who came and helped us. And also it was much more difficult to make 2011 and 2012 because uh, there was a period with no returns of the sales because we don't have many things to sell. There was a period where we uh, make some mistakes with the wines and we have some wines where not bottled as as they should have been bottled. We have some wines that we simply not, did not bottle because they were vinegar. or So um, it was the two years, 11 and 12, were more difficult because when you are all the time uh, working and making and you have no return, money returns, sometimes it makes it difficult. So, but always have this uh, observation of the people around us who pass through the same moments, same experience. Some of them who are still complaining and some of them who are not. And that was the model we were looking for. Also, we had the earthquake in uh, Japan in 2011. We had an earthquake in Haiti a month before Chile. It was human disasters and things like that. Our was very tough, 8.8 in a Richter scale, which is very high, but finally chile was quite set up quite uh, f- f- strong to set up with that to uh, uh, confront uh, the, the reconstruction and things like that that's the moment that it is behind and it's it's always the moment i remind as uh, not that, that it's not that important it was in many things, but if we have the opportunity to work we have more opportunities so no it's i think it's much more complicated as a sensitive producer to confront the uh uh how do you say jealousy excuse me uh when people want what you have jealousy jealousy <laughs> excuse me and or people want to hurt you because you are doing something we call it haters here okay I have to say that, I have to, I have some years with this, after the earthquake, with this feeling of people was not very cool with me. So that was, that was hard. That was hard to pass through because you don't understand. You never understand why people are able to finally just make some troubles you never, I've never looked to provoke nobody in my way I'm working. I mean, I'm, I've been respectful for the people that we worked with. I'm more respectful of the people who sell me the, the grapes, the year of the earthquake. It was the first and most important year to buy grapes after the earthquake. We have lost everything. We received some money to set up our company and to survive. But my mentality was, I have to buy some grapes, so this money will go to help some other people, you know. And what do they have? They don't have their house, they lost it, as I do, but they have their grape, So we have, the, we have work a year to, the, for, to prepare the house, so let's do it. And the year after also, even if I lost someone, and the year after also. And that make that makes sense. I mean, the mistakes I make, I am responsible for. The earthquake I'm not responsible for. The jealousy I'm not responsible for, but it's difficult to say that. To now it's it provokes that you I'm more I'm protecting myself. Of the people I receive, the people I connect with in Chile, and things like that, because you have many people finally just want to take you, the producer you're working with, uh, just want to know where you're going. And then after that, they try to do exactly the same what you're doing. I mean, everybody that's, wants that, to.
0: That's become a problem for you? No, that
2: was. That it was from? because I also I was in the moment in a period of my life where I was not sure of my decision of making wines because i had, i I was quite sad because of the money things I passed the difficulties you know it was like making make my brains feeling i don't know not good like bad like sad like depressed, maybe so now no i've I passed through I think I think the relationship I have with my customers now is closer. I came since I've we, since we we start with Dresner, Louis Dresner, my one importer. Uh, two years, two, four, three years ago, we were working with them, but from France because at the beginning we were exporting to France, to our company, and the French company was re-exporting everywhere. And it was higher price; it was different way. You know, our first market was France. Now I'm working in my way. I'm working with. North America, and I'm coming two times a year, and I'm trying to visit most as most as much as I can the customer, and that that's helped me to pass through because you look for people who, who appreciate uh, you 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 meet people who like your job or who have some question or are uh, frank also. so said that is a problem with your wine. Today, you have nobody to to talk with. Because people don't want to share, people are, but they want to take from you, but they don't want to... Exactly. Oh, the solution is like, you have to do that, you have to do that. So uh, you use this yeast and filter and this kind of thing. So when you have a relationship, when you, you are proud and you are received by people who like what you do or curious of what you do, but that gave a much more mood Good feeling, good mood. You feel supported by the
0: international community. The international market is supported
2: by my wine distributors, uh, by you, uh, people who like to. Well, you're welcome. You know what?
0: (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, but so 200, 300 year old vine, Pais, which is Mission, which is Listan Prieto. What's that like? What's a grape variety like as a grapefruit?
2: You can find some uh, in Texas. You can find some in uh, California. You can find some in Baja California. You can find Mission grape mostly everywhere where the Spanish arrive in, in South and North America. And uh, the plants looks like it's, you can imagine a gobelet, we said cabeza in Chile. Of very old Senso or very old Garnacha or very old Temprano you can find in Spain or France. I mean, these vines, bush vines, some, somewhere. bush vines. And, uh, actually some of the plants are very big. I don't know, two foot large, <laughs> three foot high, but the trunk is like massive, but it's not the only thing that gave the leaf is, as a smaller airs, like duvet. White duvet on the reverse of the oh, leaf. Okay. That's make that you can make the difference with any other grapes. This is the only one I've seen, and I wrote what I've learned. Maybe some there is some other, I don't know all the grapes, but in the common grape we can find in South America, the only grapes who have some small, uh, light duvet, white duvet on the back side of the leaf, the grapes are large and color of the fruits. It's not deep red, it's light red, mostly translucent in some ways. Some people told me it's kind of grapes you can find with a tempranillo. The Spanish choose those grapes uh, because of their rustic profile. What is rustic profile? It's able to grow and give fruits and quantities in very dry situations and not sensitive with a
0: disease and. uh, Oh, I see. So it doesn't have a problem with a number of different diseases. No,
2: because it's large grape. It's not like. Small pines of the Pinot Noir or Shiraz. So is very, very strong and um, so no mildew. Yeah, no Uridium. Exactly. So that's why we are not treating at all the submission grapes. What what we like about that? It's dry farming. That means there is no irrigation. There is no there is no conduction system. There is no iron. It's just bush wine this way, and uh, and they give some good fruits. Now now the job the thing is to work in the pruning and things like that. And this is, we are starting from this year, 2015, for, for the next harvest, 2015, but we are harvesting in April. So we are pruning for the next harvest. We pruned, we finished at the end of September and we are starting to prune differently, not differently, shortly, to see if we have more homogeneity in the uh, color of the grapes when we harvest to to see if we obtain some differences. But we are not reinventing. Huh? We are not looking for more kilos. We are not looking for. Uh, uh, it's just to uh, try to answer some question we have because we said that in Beaujolais, if you take a gamay and you plant it at three thousand plants per hectare, it gives you very large grapes fruit, and that's why it's very high density. Chile, it's not that much. It's uh, 5,000 plants to 6,000 plants per hectare, which is good. Sometimes you have more plantations, but different soils and it's the youngest plantation. So we are trying to find some different places to look forward, how it's growing if we have 10,000 plants per hectare, how it's maturating, how the those the grapes are diff- looks different between this kind of plantation and this kind of plantation. Which Just, there's many things to observe.
0: That's fantastic. Because you've done different terroir bottlings of different plot bottlings of Pais. Exactly.
2: I start with mostly carbonic maceration in 2008 with two, three different places of Pais, Mission Grape. And then we had like five, six different places with good or bad experience with the wine sometimes, but we lost the wine because we. We were trying to not to put any sulfites. so in the condition we were after the earthquake with no cellar, it was not very clever to do that but that's that, that the thing but now it's going we we are the thing under control working good in good cellar and good conditions so this year I've done like twelve different terroirs of base I think it's the most uh, incredible things about the terroir we can look uh, for survey, because it's one grape, which is grown in mostly in 300 kilometers north, south, mostly 20 to 40 kilometers, 50 kilometers from the seacoast ocean in the Pacific. And you have I'm working with 20 different families who are growing those grapes since many generations. I'm not buying all the grapes right now because I'm buying some of the families in the same area. That's what I say. But the same grapes, different altitude, different climates, different soil, different grower truly make differences in the wine. That's terroir. I mean, this is the closest thing that I've ever l- watched in Burgundy. Burgundy, it's a small area. If you take only Bonne and Côte de Bonne and Côte de Nuit, but this part of Burgundy. But even if you take large, it will be from Champagne to Lyon, from so Reims to Lyon, like 400, mostly 300 and 400 kilometers. And one grape. With some of them, you harvest at 14, 14.5, 16 degrees, even in alcohol. And you can have some wines who are balanced. I have some friends of small farmers who are doing this kind of things, but also in the South, uh, closest to uh, fresh climates, you can have 11 and have fruit, which is matured and balanced.
0: So the same grape is in a number of different terroirs yes, throughout the yes. same country. The same country. Yes. And you can define those terroirs through the benchmark of the yes, grape. Yes.
2: That's what I'm looking for. And uh, I'm uh, I think the grand particularity and what our customers like is the differences It's not the opportunity to discover new flavors, to have a trip somewhere, you know, uh, when you take you 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 are going to taste the wine, so we have four now. I have four in the United States of name, brand names, pipenio. Pipeno is the name of the traditional wines. The people used to drink between two harvests. We said primeur in France, like the new wines, you drink it just after the vinification and until the next harvest. It's fresh, it's easy, it's not complicated, it's accessible, it's juicy and it's pure and this is the wine from the people, for the people, some you way. Know? That's the wine they, they are not drinking anymore. But usually city.
0: not exported. And yours is. And
2: nobody's export. And mostly nobody wants to export Pipeño because it's, it's very bad to say Pipeño in, uh, in Santiago, in Chile. It's, uh, pipeño is like bad wines. Like not classy. Not classy at all. And uh, we try to give uh, some different, uh, a different approach. We're not changing the way. The way it's produced, the way it's grown, the way it's made, uh, we're just bottling it and trying to offer that a different market to give some opportunities to our producers. The idea is to push some of those producers producers, to become winemakers, some wine growers also, not only producers of grapes, but vineyards maybe, like vignateros, some people who are doing the grapes and the wines, and have opportunities. That's why I'm glad to be here and to talk about that and came here in New York to present the pipeños because there is differences, true differences, between Coelemu, Portezuelo, Santa Juana, Coronel de Maule. Not only the alcohol, not only the flavors, everything. So that makes sense. In and the end, it's, it's rich to know that you have 1,000 different places that you, you may... You can choose some good grapes, and uh,
0: so there's a thousand places. Yeah, at least, and most of the places the wine is not exported. No, so in most of the places they probably drink the local wine. Yes, they drink a part. They drink.
2: They make wine for the, themselves, the farmers. Then there are there is some dealers who come, big companies. If they have some ten thousand liters, big, they can look for other big company. If they don't have that much, because usually they are half hectare to three and a half hectare producers, so small. Um, they, they used to, uh, they are used to deal the wine with local bottlers who transform the Pipeño traditional pure with water, sugar, and things like that to make a sweet red to deal in the, um, in the city, so the so they have changed, they have changed the tastes of their wines. And it's funny now that I, when I gave my wines to taste to some people who accept in Chile, they said, oh, it smells like the wine of my grandfather. I said, but your grandfather should make good wines, <laughs> should drink
0: good wines. So the tradition is disappearing. And at the same time, probably very few people have ever really compared these kind of wines from the different regions.
2: I'm, I think I'm the only one to do that because I'm the only one, not the only one to believe on that, but I'm the only one to seize the opportunity also. But that's something will make many sense for me. Just because I grow in Burgundy, it's very difficult to make the differences for me between three white terroirs around Merceau. But uh, that's also to try to uh, say to improve my uh, curiosity and and it's an opportunity. I, I'm sure there is uh, no more. I'm sure that the best grapes who are planted in Chile are the ones who have been planted for two and three and three hundred years because all the places that they have planted at this time were the places, the, the decision of planting was something was took. Directly from the tradition Catholic religion traditions with from the Spanish from the Cistercian and things like that so, so the the Jesuits arrived in um, Chile with the grapes and they came with the, the the Cistercian reflection of we plant in this kind of soil in this kind of exposition this kind of density this kind of grape because for this those reasons and all the plantation you see on the deep soils and things like that have less than seventy years old or one hundred years old. And in some, in the, for the Mission grapes, I thought, in the region where we are. So, so they were so they were at, from the beginning, from the beginning, the moment of the plantation, there were uh, decision was taken that to do it there and not here. That is not written anywhere. I think, I feel it's the way they've done it, because I've seen more than 1,000 places with mission grapes, and all the old ones are this kind of profile. All a big family were there, or a big monastery,, and there were some plantations, and there were some divisions, subdivision and family. A guy who is able to say that his family has been grown grapes since 1583. I buy some grapes from him, from planted 440 years ago, and they're still producing. So the root systems are 400 plus years old. Yes. The root system, but you, you have to imagine, we don't have phylloxera disease. So there is no risk from the, for the roots. Yeah. To explain, now the main part of the world is has the problem of the phylloxera. So you have to craft the... Vitis vinifera clone or things like that, Cabernet or, or Pinot Noir or Chardonnay, over the roots who are res, who resist, naturally resistant to the Phylloxera. In Chile, there is no Phylloxera. So the roots still have, have always been the same for those old Mission grapes. And what happened is that the farmers who are working is. Is field every year and pruning and and working the um, of the earth by earths and things like that. The people were looking on their vines, taking care of them. So if they were, if they have an opportunity to have a new plants in the line because one were dying, they was making it by Marcotage, which you take a stick of the plants and you uh, put it in the... uh, You bury it on the ground. And you create a new vine. And you create a new vine. Also, if on the old plants you have a new growth, a new uh, plants who are coming in in, from the old roots inside the line, the guy leaves these plants on the old roots. So it's a new plant. Shortly in two or three years, it needs more roots. So it Start to regenerate new roots, born on an old roots. And there is a, something, some, I said, a regeneration of the roots, of the root system all the time. So I, th- I was sure because I, I was imagining that old vines are very, very big, developed root system. Yes, it is, but not that big because also we are in a very, very compact soils. So that make complexity. And difficult for the roots to go very, very far away. So there is a way that it survives by themselves. I think that it's possible to have 17 meters of root system if you have not that strong soils, but you also produce more grapes. So I, I think that we have many, many things to survey this old mission grapes. Actually, there there is four or five different missions we say. That. There is a black listan, the listan Prieto. We gave mission grapes, Negra criolla, different names. Listan, uh, you also have Moscatel de Alejandria, which is considered as a mission grape. Pedro Jiménez and uh, Torrontel, which is not exactly the same, but Ah, uh, th- those and uh, maybe Chasselas. They said some in some places. They also say uh they also call it Corinta. All these kind of grapes has been introducing by the missionary. Those so they are the missionary grapes. But
0: but some are white, some are red. Yes, different most kind of mostly
2: fruit. mostly whites, and uh, there is one red which is the mission. You find it in those different places from um, yes, from uh, Texas to Chile. So it's. Uh, it's a long terroir. Actually, I'm starting to do some wines with a family in Baja California. Oh, okay. And my next step, I'd like to go to Peru, Valle de Ica and the place where they have the Pisco. And uh, I would love to, uh, to try to make some wines over there with mission grapes also.
0: Do you think that a lot of times mission has been used for making Pisco?
2: No, but uh, they still, a friend of mine who's been there for the Pisco thing told me that uh, in some places they surely use it because they are not making red wines. So, huh. But nobody told him the answer.
0: And is the farming generally the same or is it different? I don't know. That's what I want to see. It's the
2: thing I've observed in, in Baja California is the same bush wines like Cabeza or Gobelé growing, dry farming, no irrigation. Uh, Larger plantation than Chile. Maybe because uh, the there is less water in Baja California than Chile during the year. Even if the temperature could be the same, it was like 2 meters to 2 meters 50. The distance between each plant in Chile, it's mostly 120, 120. But there, in those conditions, surely
0: because of the dry condition, they they need more space for each plants. So is Pais typically a terroir reflective grape? Is it one of those grapes where you can really see the differences in yeah, the terroir?
2: Yeah. But that's what I feel. But the four different uh, pipeno we have now in around them are truly different. They taste different, so, yeah, and, and <laughs> so <I've>, apparently. <laughs> I, I, I have six different. The same in the same vinification, eh, also, or, or, which is important because. If you have a different vinification for each gray each wine, it's sure that you have differences. But for the same kind of vinification, you truly, 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 and you, you, you find the terroir, because there is, I've been for five years making wines from a place, and uh, it's, it's, I've been for five years making wines from a place named Coronel de Maule, and now I have this Pipeño from Coronel de Maule. It's mostly the first good one I bottled, because the other one I have problems for the bottling or, but when I was tasting the wine before I make the mistakes, it was truly you find the terroir of Coronel. It has some airb. People say farming flavors, and it's it's every year is the same, and it's from the same place. So from Truquilemu, there is some common thing from kenewao you find them. So and mostly in Chile, which is different than in France, we or Europe or North America, we don't have this much of influence of. Climate differences between two years. Mostly we are harvesting the same week, the same grapes every year. Because the climate is different, is is regular. Which is I don't know if it's a dream for a wine grower in France or not. I think when I told them that I've never had a problem of maturity, never had a problem of uh, frozen, never had a problem, they say, hey, I have a problem of that, of that, of that. <laughs> Every year. So, no, no, there is an expression of terroir. But we are, it's just, I've been in the beginning. Eh? I'm, it's like new. We are just, uh, we just, It's to, to give you an image, it's just like we just... Harvest, <laughs> the first impression, which is interesting, is that many people is now believing in the uh, Mission grapes in Chile, the, the Listan Prieto. So there are many people who start to put some Mission grapes in their bo- in bottle. So you, there is something will happen who is going to make very interesting the next years because I think I mean Toro, those big companies, San Pedro. And the other one are bottling Mission Grape with very high price. High price because they're higher than my w- wines. <laughs> I, have not, I haven't tasted <laughs> more the expensive
0: than yours. I mean, yeah, right? more yeah.
2: expensive than, than my wines. And uh, But it's funny because it, all of them want to be the first. I mean, they're saying um, we are the first to bottle this kind of grape. Well, other people say no, it's not one. And I have to say it's not me. The first. Small uh, yeah, the winery was in Chiyan and uh, was exporting also. And uh, also, the first organic wine was made with Mission Grape in 1999 by the Cooperativa de Cauquenes, Lomas de Cauquenes. And that's one of the first ones I've tasted to make with Pais, and it was wonderful.
0: Oh, was that kind of an inspiration
2: benchmark for you? Yeah, in a way. I've tasted after I start to make some wines. I mean, when I first vinified some Pais, I was absolutely not sure about the result. So I bring some bottles to France. And that the people in Bordeaux told me that it was, it was the most interesting one I have. I was not able to see the differences and the, capacity, the good, goodness or the luckiness that I have in front of me. I was super perplexed about my wine. And that's people who have experience, who smell some differences and flavors, who told me that it was interesting. And I, I have to believe them. I mean, you know, if you, Jean-Paul Tevenet told you that, if Marcel Lapierre told you that, if uh, Pierre Auvernois told you that, if Philippe Pacalet told you that and you like the wines they're producing, you say, okay, <laughs> they have more experience. No, they, 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 they... so that's what it was. Uh, it was, it was a, it was a test. It was this, this, felice, this, this simplicity uh, to have some people who told you, yeah, it's interesting your blend, it's interesting your Carignan, it's interesting your coming, but this is very interesting. I've never smelled a wine like that. And that's for that that I started to, uh, to, and I'm that's for that also that I want to go because I have those friends who are making Morgon, Chiroub, Brouilly, de the same grapes, different terroirs, different wines. And that's truly what it is fascinating. And I have the age. I'm 38. I'm just. It's the moment for me to do that. I don't know if it's. If you ask me, if it's my, uh, what I want to do, this kind of difference. You no, know. I would like to find the place with for my. I say, oh, that's the place. That's for, the place. So that's I'm the gonna, place I'm for I'm going to buy that place. Three, that place. Those Three are hectares, my vines. Two hectares, and I do the wines, and I'm concentrating myself with this, and I make. I do it differently, and and try to to make it the best. As yeah, possible. but
0: you're also like the nomadic winemaker, right? Yes. You like traveling around. I, I mean, I really come like. on. I, but yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, of course. Right. I, I don't think I enjoy. I enjoy to... to do. No, but the thing I'd like to be not... Uh, that's why I say I want to push some people to do. It's not my grapes. I'm not the owners. I mean, I, I start to buy the grapes from these old farmers because they are old. The the grapes are wonderful. And they have nobody... There is nobody in the family who wants to do something. And now there is... One of the great news, a guy who said to his grandfather that he wants to start to do to work with him. Because I gave good money to the grandfather for the grapes. And the grandfather now is, is, is proud of these grapes, he's proud of the wines he we are making with. And finally there is money to make some young people who start to work with him. And he's it's just and and the guy is an engineer, he works, he studied for that, he was in Santiago. But he, he saw the opportunity and I think that's the first step of something different. I mean, if those people want to make their wines, I mean, I'm developing the reputation because they are working the grapes. I have the context for the communication, but tomorrow it will make sense for my wine importers to say, cool, there is a wine grower. I mean, if it's survey, if it's happened because of me and he's doing the Pipeño Portesuelo. I will stop to do the pipeño portesuelo, but I have started start with him. I buy him the grapes, I believe in his wines, I believe in his way, in the way of working, because what I really like is to share with those people. I have nothing to teach them. I have to learn about of, of their simplicity, their humility, their outstanding work, because when you are paid 10 cents the dollar for one kilo of grape, and you produce 5,000 kilos, you win nothing. But even if of even because if because of those this price, you still go to prune, you're still not using chemics, you're still working with your horse, you're still working with your hand, you're still harvesting. And some people said it's one dollar the price. I pay you one like, dollar the first time the first reaction is they take the money and then no no news and they wait for you the next year you know but they the during the year if you did not appear, the guy is going to produce three times the quantities are not working so you' going and you follow them and you explain that you want this you, you want to pay them this price because
0: because they're doing the proof, they're doing the, <laughs> yeah, they're doing
2: all those things and finally the guy has three hectares. and if he's making $15,000 because of these three hectares. It's much more money than $1,500 for three hectares and the same cost, finally. And that makes sense because it will work in two months, mostly, to produce that. And it's a really, really, really good pay for uh, money for two months of job. It's a good uh, salary. Uh, it's a dream to have my own small vineyards. If you ask me what would what be my biggest promotion, <laughs> that someone calls me from Burgundy and tells me, don't you want to take care of my company, of my growing, of my wines? That's a thing I think I will never escape. I, I will try to do it. I will be very, 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 very afraid. Because... I'm I'm buying grapes in a place where we don't need to uh take care that much about her because of the climate we have, which is mostly perfect. It's dry and and the vines are old so they're making not that much of quantities but per hectare. If you ask me, I'd love to. It's not my way, it's not it's maybe it's it will happen, it's maybe not. But if I'd like to have one special pass in Chile with different with mission grapes and small parts vinifig, something very special. But I will I will follow the idea to share and find more and move. That's why I want to go to 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 Peru. I want to go to Bolivia. A friend of mine went and told me that he finds some old missions. I want to go to all those places because I want I, I'd like, it. and that's only um, for curiosity. Uh, I'd, I'd like to understand more about the grapes and the growing in dry farming in those uh, very strict and arid conditions. It needs also to go to Spain and uh, I need to go to uh, Canaria where it's from the grapes. And uh, because I really like this story, it's, it's part of the human story. So from the grapes from now... Going back to Spain, I mean, looking for... I want to go to Texas and visit all these old mission grapes that some people told me a month ago when I was there. Oh, there is mission there. I, want, I went to Baja because told me, people told me that they were. And there is many, many other places. That's also a, a way to travel, a way, of course. Um, but the idea of the small... And respectful winemaker in his own cellar and the discretion of what happened behind the wall in this cellar. This something, something like private. And it's yours. You have to prune, you have to do it because finally that's at the last of the things I'm doing. I mean, I'm not the, gr- I'm not the grower. I'm most, uh, I'm most an economic. Producer, because I buy the grapes and I deal the wine, I make the wine, but I sell it. I'm not in the growing part, and that's what I really like. That's why I said. I mean, I'm just true in this history in Chilean wines. Because if I disappear tomorrow, maybe I will have start something, and that's what I would like to leave. But uh, my, uh, I, I will not have been a wine producer a wine grower. And that's something different. That's because when you have to take the, (laughs) you have to prune when you have to do that, that's uh, the truly best things for me. And that's uh, what I have no time to do. That's why I would like to have a small place to be not only a nomad. (laughs) You also make some muscat. What's that like to make white wine? Uh, It's much more difficult to make white wine because um I have some idea, I have some souvenir of whites when I drink them. If the, if it's not, and perfection, of course, it's relative, but make a very good white, it's something truly deep. I've tried, I have some good experience, not that bad. Some people tell me but it's a good wine, even if it doesn't taste as a Chardonnay. But it's a good wine, so that's the way. I've tried with muscat, which is very complicated because it's very flavor. If you pass through the maturity, you have to do something else. If you are over matured, you have to wait maybe to make um, sweet wines, but I'd like to dry white. So you have to harvest at the moment where the flavors are not dominating all the wine, which is because it's very close. You can, uh, if it's too flavoured, it's like, Kill the pressure, I think. So, I've tried, and uh, I think the best way is to do as pipeno is a skin maceration, fermentation, but very short. You don't go to the orange color. I also do maceration, larger maceration, and I have the orange wines. But it's it's a test. I have four thousand bottles of two different wines. I'm going to taste the market. If the if the wines are accepted. But you need more technology, you need more, yeah, whites need to be very, 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 very very precise at the moment of the harvest when you cut the grapes, because uh, if it's too low, if it's too late, you have uh, wines who are not well balanced, not deep, no, you can leave many things in the grapes, in the, in the vineyard if you have, if you have too early and you can lost many things if you have us too late. So Musca, it's a new experience. It's why it's, I want, uh, next, I find, uh, finally, I find out uh, very old vineyards of Pedro Jimenez. Uh, sadly, they just, they just, uh, they leave 100 plants. Two years ago, they throw away like two hectares. And, uh, very old uh, muscat also. I've tried, I find some old semillon. I don't need in tinajas, old amphoras. Just, but, but it's very it's symbolic because it's, it's 400 liters, 600 liters. And when you arrive to these quantities, it became serious. <laughs> When you make 400 liters of wine, say I'm going to bottle that. Of course, it becomes serious because you have to. It's not an obligation, but you have to put a better price. You can put a better price. The temptation is deep, so it's it's able it's well if you do it with your customers. And I like to ask my customers what they what they not. I don't want to arrive with the ones say we have to deal that. What can I do with that? What do you think? Is it is it good? Is it is it more than good? Is it pleasant? Can we have a better price? Because the idea of course I buy it to the farmer the price, it's also to have a feedback for him. It's not in the contract with him, but if I get to have better price in my bottles, I will pay back the guy to make sense. That makes sense for me, for him. It's like fair trade with no labels. And it no probably labels.
0: keeps the vines on the ground. When yes.
2: they might pull
0: them up and plant something else. Exactly.
2: Exactly. So it's white, it's new, it's and there is many, many places. And I'm just looking forward how the Chinians are making their traditional pipeno, which is the skin fermentation, because they have no press, so they have to smash the this time and they have to do it with um, They have no press. They have no press, so you need to make the juice at when you feed the tanks at the beginning. So you just stomp on it real hard. Yes. You uh, can find, I have in my webpage, there is a video, it's a small postal card about what is a Pipeno style. And if, uh, we have some basket, we empty the harvest in that. We smash them with by feet. Uh, all the juice go in the tanks. Then uh, we stamp the uh, skin and the grapes and the skin is going in the fermentation tanks. That maceration is starting to ferment exactly at the same moment you're feeding the tanks. After 12 days or 13 days, it's finished and you still have the cap of the, the, in the tanks, which is on the top of the wines and it decanted. And the people at this moment take out the wine and it's ready to be drunk. And there is no press because the, and at this moment, the wine is yellow. Just perfect. The color is not orange. If you live two days with the skin in maceration and you punch down one more time and the, and the, the skins macerate one day, it becomes start another process. So that's, that's the way. The idea is to discover. It's difficult to make good wine with moscato muscat. It has been for everybody, and then also it's large, very large uh, grapes. Yeah. So we're we going to look. For? It's a new approach. It's, I can do it because I have a, a better cellar also to do it. But I like the way the Chileans tradition, Pipeño are making. I really like it. It's easy. It's easy. It's, it, it's clever. It's smart. It's, the peasant way of making wine. Mm, the local way. Yeah. Yeah. I start from very the opposite with the carbonic maceration. And my first meeting with Joe Dresner. He asked me, "Why are you making only carbonic maceration?" It's it's make the wine all the same. I said, "Yeah, but we are in Beaujolais, You asked me that. Are you crazy? <laughs> and uh, he was right because I met. Um, he was right to to ask me why I did not knew at this time. This was, the only answer I had is because I it was the only thing I used to know to how to make wines. So it was difficult to make whites with carbonic maceration and there is not many sense. but uh, from there I'm, I've am surveyed, I surveyed, I surveyed. I think Joe uh, Esner, Marcel Lapierre and uh, some producer I met also uh, traveling with uh, with them around said finally it's you and finally it's I think it's the same uh, thing for everybody even if you are a son of a wine producer. It's to make your own way and finally to find your way to make the wines you like and to make the wines deeper and to take all the benefits of the good works which is done in the the vineyard and also all the benefits of a good harvest and try to bottle it. And finally, the Pipeño, the first and most traditional, which was exactly the same, I think, for 20,000 years that's what is going giving a very good result in the, in the mission grape. Easy result. Very terroir. It's short maceration. It's easy wines. It's light. It's to drink now. I think that if you are starting different, you can build its very good grapes to make some blends. and you have many, many many ways to see it. We do some blends and we said at least 30% of the wine is Mission grapes, So that makes difference with all different blends from everywhere in the world. Maybe we can go with 70%. You can also play with 3 or 4%. I don't know. This, the thing is, if you want to give a different character, that was the idea when we started our wines, use the Mission Grape because there is nobody who is using it. So um, that was something uh, which he, which was uh, important at the moment to bottle our first wine. It was wine, it was like make it sure that it will not be Chilean in the way of ah, oh, it's from Chile, you know. Like no, it was more people were tasting it. No, that's not from Chile. No, I've that was seen. my response. And that was funny to um, that is funny to see that because that makes it very very exciting. I invite. People to go there and try to do some stuff there because because it's not easy, but but there is accessibility. There is a very good tradition. That's why I'm trying with some of the producers I'm working with to make the wine with them in their cellar. And when I and I buy the grapes, but I make the wine with them, so that gives them more job for the harvest. They help me. And then I take the wines from their cellar to my cellar and I bottle it in my place and I invite them to follow the wines, to see that we are not doing anything else than they used to do and we are exporting. That thing is uh, how it, we are creating some new producers, new wine growers. And um, no, that's, that's uh, the most important thing. I mean... In the way it's going now, in 10 years or 20 years, they will not have many. I mean, there's 10,000 or 15,000 hectares of Paish, Mission grapes, still in Listan Preto, the red wine. In 20 years, it will have 1,000.
0: You think it's getting
2: pulled up fairly frequently? Yes, because there is no money to make with it. There is no, and we are creating something important there that we are creating that those, these. I think when you have 300 years old vines and you are free to uh, throw them away, it's a crime. And nobody said nothing. You just have to, and if you want to plant after that, wood is a thing. But if you can also take away the grapes and plant Cavernes Sauvignon, that's a crime. That's something strong and I think stupid. Why why you throw the grapes away and plant other grapes? <laughs>
0: Louis-Antoine Lute, he's taken a nomadic path along the, the route of the Cistercians from France to Chile. He's making tests, and one day he might settle down. Thank you very much for being here today. Thank you very much for uh, having me with you. Louis-Antoine Lute. All Drink to That is hosted and produced by myself, Levy Dalton. Aaron Scala has contributed original pieces. Editorial assistance has been provided by Bill Kimsey.